Hey everybody, my name is Nick. And I'm Caitlin. Thank you so much for tuning into Morning Breath today. If it's your first time with us, welcome. Morning Breath is a daily devotion where one of our pastors and a co-host read a chapter of the Bible the night before, come in the next day, and read on air with you guys, whether that's on YouTube, Spotify, or on the radio. If you're wanting to learn more about Morning Breath or just anything East Coast, you can find links in both our, to both our website and our app in the description down below. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into the Word. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath, your drive time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. I'm Matt, and this is Jessica. What is going on? We're in 1 Samuel chapter 9. Yes. I hope that you guys love being in the Old Testament. I really do. It reads, like, when I finish a chapter, I want to keep reading because it all flows together. And, and it doesn't know. end. Like, no. It's like when you're watching a show on a streaming platform yeah. and it's like, watch next starts in 17 yeah. seconds, you know? You're like, just keep reading. Guess what? You're allowed to do that. Just let it happen. <laughs> let it happen. Keep going. So yeah, we're in 1 Samuel chapter 9 and we're going to start with our question. Our question of the day is from our good friend, Tony Black. Tony. Tony Black. Tony. She's amazing. She um, does hair. She has saved Matt. Um when Matt, what did you do? You buzz cutted your own head. So I was I was trimming my my beard, and then I was like, let me trim up my hair. And so I got longer guard for my hair. And what I didn't realize is it was an old guard from an old set of clippers that didn't fit this set of clippers. And so it basically took it down to, to like, like the skin, a half, not a one, but like a half. Wow! And my hair was long. It was like yeah. like really long. And so. So it was I got 45 a, minutes before I was supposed to preach. <laughs> and I wasn't there. And he sends me a picture of his head. And he's like, what do I do? And I was like, With a big chunk of hair cut out the side. I go, I don't know. Just face the camera with the other side of your head. It's like, that is not a thing. <laughs> so we called Tony and she was there for us. She was there for him. And she, his hair was high and tight. Right? Yep. It was awesome. Yeah, okay, it so wasn't bad. It actually looked, it looked pretty, great. pretty good. Yeah, Tony's amazing. Um, okay, so her question for us is, what is your all-time favorite Bible verse and why? So as always, I know the question and he doesn't, so I we'll give mine. him. Oh, then you go first. It's Acts chapter 4, and it's verse 29, and I'm sure that I'm going to read it to you right now. I'm sure that I am. Um it's been really one of my favorite parts of the Bible for a long time, but in this season, uh, especially we're teaching, we're teaching on it, um, Unshakable series. Your pages are yeah. so like dainty. Yes, they're made of onion skin. <laughs> Jack, and chapter lambs. Four, chapter four, verse. verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And that was verse 30 and 31 too. It's my favorite part of the Bible because, um, you know, being uh, someone that really trusts and believes in the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit is so important for me. It's so important uh, in the Word of God, and you know, as you look through the Old Testament, through the New Testament, Holy Spirit, madly important. A lot of people want to discount the Holy Spirit. You know that Acts chapter two, like this was a special thing. 
you know, like the Holy Spirit came that one time. Yeah. But literally two chapters later, they were praying. The Holy Spirit came one just and filled the place and shook the walls. Yeah. So it just reminds me that the power of God isn't just one time, a one-time thing. And it's not just one time in your life or my life, but it's something that if God did it once, he'll continue to do it and he will do it again and again and again and again and Move again the and again. And, and again, I believe and he'll again, do it again. And, yes. and again, right? He'll just keep <laughs> going. That's awesome. So mine is Romans 8.28. God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And it just reminds me that every time something doesn't go how I want it to go, or every time something is hard and goes maybe the way it shouldn't go, that God's promise to me is that he works all things together for the good. So when something is really difficult, like honestly, I've lost my taste and smell for months and it's horrific and annoying, but you know what? Even that God works together for the good. It's not in me losing weight though, because I keep eating everything in sight because I'm like, maybe I can taste Skittles. Maybe I can taste cotton candy. What did someone just tell me? Captain Crunch. That's what I'm starting. That's, I need to go to the store hot right wings. now and buy some Captain Crunch. Yeah. When I couldn't taste, I literally just ate hot wings for every meal. So anyway, <laughs> Romans eight twenty eight. <laughs> this too, God will work together for the good. And I heard a message and they said, is it good it's not, but through the filter of Romans 8.28, it is good because God is going to turn it for good. And we don't always see that right away. Sometimes it takes a really long time. And hindsight is 2020. You look back at the things that you cried about then and you see now how God worked it for the good. And I think a lifetime of following the Lord, I'm 37. I've been, I gave my heart to Jesus when I was probably five, five or six, I think five. And being able to remember the things that he has done gives me faith to rem to believe for now. Like to believe for the things that I am struggling with now, I look back at what he has done in his faithfulness and I just know and I stand on his promises. So That's good. Yeah. That's not. So what is your favorite Bible verse? Put it in the chat. Yeah. Do that. We'd love to see it. Okay, so we're in 1 Samuel chapter 9. So you have to scoot your way all the way back to the oh, Old no, Testament. No, that took me forever. I know. I will start reading. Um, oh, boom, I'm almost there. What's up? I'm there. You're going to start in verse 14. So How I'm many page turns? That was four. That's not bad. Not too bad. Okay. Okay, chapter 9. Read. Yes, chapter 9. I'm going to stop at 13. There was a man of the tribe of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bekorath, the son of Aphia, a Benjamite, a mighty man of influence and wealth. Kish had a son named Saul, a choice and handsome man. Among the sons of Israel, there was not a man more handsome than he. From his shoulders and up, he was a head taller than any of the people. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, had wandered off and were lost. Kish said to his son, Saul, please take one of the servants with you and arise, go look for the donkeys. And they passed through the hill country of Ephraim in the land of Shalishah, but did not find them. Then they passed through the land of Shalim, but they were not there, and the land of the Benjamites, but they still did not find them. When they came to the land of Zuf, <laughs> sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> okay. Saul said to his servant who was with him. Did you just equate the Bible to Dr. Seuss book? 
Yeah, I think Dr. Seuss loved the Lord. All right, Saul said to his servant who was with him, come, let us return. Otherwise, my father will stop worrying about the donkeys and become anxious about us. The servant said to him, look here, in this city, there's a man of God and the man is held in honor. Everything that he says comes true. Now let us go there. Perhaps he can advise us about our journey and tell us where we should go. Then Saul said to his servant, but look, if we go to see him, what shall we bring to the man? For the bread from our sacks is gone and there's no gift to bring to the man of God. What do we have to offer? The servant replied again to Saul, here in my hand, I have a quarter of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God and he will advise us as to where we should go on our journey to find the donkeys. Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he would say, come, let us go to the seer for he who is called a prophet today was formerly called a seer. Saul said to his servant, well said, come, let us go. So they went to the city where the man of God was living. As they went up the hill to the city, they met some young women going out to draw water and said to them, is the seer prophet here? They answered them, he is, look, he's ahead of you. Hurry now, for he has come into the city today because the people have a sacrifice on the high place today. As you enter into the city, you will find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat until he comes because he must ask the blessing on the sacrifice. Afterward, those who are invited will eat. So go up now for about now you will find him. They went up to the town and as they were entering it, there was Samuel coming toward them on his way up to the high place. Now the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him, ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked upon my people, for their cry has reached me. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, This is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. Saul approached Samuel in the gateway and asked, Would you please tell me where the seer's house is? I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up ahead of me to the high place. For today you are to eat with me, and in the morning I will send you on your way and will tell you all that is in your heart. As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, don't worry about them. They have been found. And who is all the desire of Israel turn, if not to you and your whole family line? Saul answered, but I am not a Benjamite. But am I not a Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel? And is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? What do you say such a thing to me? Uh, excuse me, why do you say such a thing to me? Then Samuel brought Saul and his servant into the hall and seated them at the head of those who were invited, about 30 in number. Samuel said to the cook, bring the piece of meat I gave you, the one I told you to lay aside. So the cook took up the thigh with what was on it and set it in front of Saul. Samuel said, here is what has been kept from you. Eat, because it was set aside for you for this occasion from the time I said, I have invited guests. And Saul dined with Samuel that day. After they came down from the high place to the town, Samuel talked with Saul on the roof of his house. They arose about daybreak, and Samuel called to Saul on the roof, Get ready, and I will send you on your way. When Saul got ready, he and Samuel went outside together, and they were going down to the edge of the town. Samuel said to Saul, tell the servants to go on ahead of us, and the servants did so. But you stay here for a while, so that I may give you a message from God. Amen. Amen. So I did a mini soap with, um, which I explained last week, last Monday, if you didn't catch that, but SOAP stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And the verse that really stood out to me was verse 21. And in the Amplified Translation, it says, Saul replied, Am I not a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, and is not my family the smallest of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then have you spoken this way to me, as if I were very important? And I think later, 
And what we're used to hearing about Saul is that he was an insecure egomaniac. Like later on when David is anointed and I don't know if he knows that, but he's very threatened by him and he just really struggles later on. But to see him here, he's very humble. He's like, why me? As Why are you choosing me? It even says that he was a head taller than everyone else. He was more handsome than everyone else. And yet he seems really humble here. And I thought that, but then I thought, what if it's this other thing? What if that really is just a way that he is being prideful? We read a book and it's, I can't even call it a book. It's like a tiny little um, pamphlet and it's called, yeah. And it's by Tim Keller, Timothy Keller, who's a pastor in New York. And it's called The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. And it is like the most power packed little pamphlet I've ever read. He talks about pride and insecurity being the same thing. Like pride is when you're puffed up, right? But insecurity is when you're like, imagine a balloon and it's popped and you're deflated. Well, to be deflated, you had to be puffed up, right? It's so simple. And so insecurity is actually pride that's been popped, puffed up, popped. And so my application for myself was, I don't know, like only God knows what's where Saul's heart was in this. But to me, it seems like a possibility. He was the most handsome. He was taller than everyone else. Like he probably had an opportunity to be prideful and for him to be like, how could you choose me? I'm the smallest of the smallest of the tribes of the small, you know, like, I just don't know if that, if that was accurate, that he was being humble in that moment. It it might've been. My application was for me to have my worth and value be rooted and grounded in Christ because in reality, he qualifies the called. Like you are called, he is the one who qualifies you. I can do all things in Christ who gives me strength. No matter what it is, if God is the one calling me, I don't have to sit back and be like, little old me, are you sure? You know, I can be like, whoa, I am humbled and honored, Lord. Let me do everything you want me to do. Like, help me. Like, in my weakness, you are made strong, right? So that was just my initial thought on that verse 21. Yeah, I love the uh, the whole idea of pride and security coming from the same thing, and it's an inflated ego. Yeah. And the idea is when your ego is inflated and swollen with something that uh, it's overinflated, it's prideful. If it's inflated with something like a bunch of hot air, something that's not rock solid, something that's not strong, mm-hmm. it can get popped, and now yeah. you're deflated, Okay. And so what we're happening, what's happening here is what are we filling ourselves up with? So like when we start to puff up, we get prideful, we get inflated. Now when we poke at that, it's like, oh, that's kind of swollen. That that might that might burst. And it's like, oh, don't touch me. Don't don't mess with me, right? There's that sense of like, oh my gosh, I am full of myself. And then because we get full of ourselves and somebody does poke us and prod us and we get wounded and hurt. Now, all of a sudden we're struggling and hurt. But if we can fill our ego with something that won't overinflate us Mm -hmm. and can't be popped. And I, I don't know. I like Jesus described as the rock. You know, if we put our ego and we're full of the rock, Mm -hmm. we're full of something that's not going to overdo it or underdo it. Yeah. Now, we don't have to worry about it. And I think about, this is, I think this is a common theme. Um, Gideon, he was the same way. He couldn't believe that God would use him, you know, uh, to help 
Israel. Mm-hmm. He was the smallest guy from the smallest tribe, from the smallest family, from the smallest country, from the blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And God's like, I got you. And in order to prove it to you, I'm going to thin you out a little bit. And, and it's not going to come with a giant army. It's going to come with 300 guys. Yeah. Gideon's 300, men of 300. And he said, this is how you're going to do it. None of that feels good, though. I mean, it doesn't feel good when, you know, God has to kind of thin it out a little bit to show you that he's going to do it. But I think the point is that the opposite kind of person got picked to be king when when Saul got removed, David. Yeah. It was a guy after God's own heart. He wasn't with an inflated heart. He had God's heart. Yeah. He had, it was, he was solid with uh, just confidence but not overconfidence, Godfidence, right? Yeah. He was solid, um, and he made a lot of mistakes, but he always leaned on the Lord. He mm-hmm. came back to God. He humbled himself. He apologized. He was walking in the anointing of the Lord with a humble heart, and I love that. That's good. Yeah, something else you want to go with? Yeah, okay. I, I like the fact that God told Samuel about Saul before Saul showed up. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that God believed in Saul, even with flaws. Yep. God picked him. You don't have to be perfect. We can pick on Saul. He's there for us to pick on. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Saul. Thanks. But he had flaws and God picked him. Yep. And God believed in him. Yeah. And he believes in you. He believes in me. We all have flaws. We all have things we struggle with. We all have hurts. We all are terrible at certain things, great at other things. And none of that matters to the Lord. What matters is that he's picked us and we want... Uh, <laughs> no one can give it to us. Only God can. Yep. And so what matters is that we would lean into him in whatever season we're in. That's good. Uh, verse six, it says, the servant said to him, look here in this city, there is a man of God and the man is held in honor. Everything that he says comes true. Now let us go there. Perhaps he can advise us about our journey and tell us where we should go. And I just see that this servant is the one leading Saul. Like Saul was technically the leader, right? He was the leader of the servant. The servant worked for him. But the servant was prepared and he spoke up. We call it leading up. Like he was leading to the person above him. He was leading the direction of the conversation, of the direction they were going. And God surrounds us with people for a reason. We need people speaking into our lives. We need to be led up. We need the people who or maybe serve even our children, like they can lead up in the way that they speak to us and encourage us and um, give us wisdom and give us revelation and direction. So the servant goes, hey, I know of this guy, this man of God, like we don't know, you don't know what to do, but maybe this would work. And then Saul actually like agrees. And he says to the servant, he says, well, first he has a, a a question. He says, but look, if we go to see him, what shall we bring him? We don't have any bread. We don't have anything to give him. And then again, the servant is the one who is prepared. Like how is the servant walking around with money? Like Saul should be the one who's loaded, right? But the servant there had half a quarter of a shekel and whatever, maybe that amounted to like a penny these days, but whatever, he had something. He was prepared. And so I think we can look at the people around us, the community, who is, the, who is surrounding us. We can't do anything alone. We can't do anything great alone. We could do some things alone, right? But we can't do anything great alone. I think we're about the perfect example of we're building a church right now. We're building a building from the ground up. From from nothing, we're building a church in a place that's been a swamp and a mosquito lagoon in Vieira at the corner of Vieira Boulevard and Tavistock. We were building a church from nothing. And we cannot do that alone. You and I, 
can maybe buy a couple chairs <laughs> inside, you know, like we can maybe buy the front door. I don't know how much the doors are. We could maybe carpet a couple classrooms. We could carpet say. a couple classrooms. Like we, and we will, we will do what God has asked us to do and we will give sacrificially, but obediently. We and yeah. we have, and we will continue to do so. And I'm so excited to see the place where, because we've given in the past where we, what we can now give um, and we will be obedient in that. But we can only do so much. Like, we need a community. We need the people surrounding us to do the things that God has called them to do, to be obedient, to be the servant with the half a quarter of a shekel ready to go to give direction and to sow into, um, into the kingdom, really, ultimately. Yeah, I love the idea that he needed a friend who was maybe a servant, yeah. but he also needed a seer, like a prophet. Right. He needed a person to point him in the right direction. Yeah. And, and I think we all need those kind of relationships in our life, too. Someone that we can look up to. Uh, you know, even somebody like in verse 17, where the second Samuel sees Saul, he goes, ah, Lord, this is the person you've Mm -hmm. been talking to me about. Like we need those people in our lives and we don't get those on accident. Like we get those by looking for them. If you look, Saul was looking for this person. He was looking for this man of God. He was looking for this let's say mentor. He was looking for somebody to pour into him. And as he was looking for him, the connection is made. And here's the thing we got to realize. We need to be that for other people. Yeah. Like we cannot be blind to the people God is putting around us. Yep. Like God is bringing people into our lives that we need to open our eyes to. We need to be ready to go, ah, this is the person, Lord, you're talking to me about. Lord, this is the thing that I'm going to give towards. Lord, this is the thing that you were moving out of my heart to give my time to. This was the person, God, you've called me to care for. Man, there's so many times I believe the Lord put somebody on your heart to love on, to reach out to, to call friend before you really have a friendship even. Like, there's certain people in my life that have called me friend before I deserve their friendship. Yeah. And that has blessed me so much. Mm -hmm. And I want to give that to other people. Yeah. I want to call people friend before they've earned a friendship in my life. Yeah. Before we've known each other for 10 years. Mm -hmm. No. Hey, you have a friend in me. You You need a friend (laughs) in me. I want to sing that song to people. Toy Story. Yes. Okay. And dance and snap my fingers. <laughs> that'll bring them in. Yeah, that'll make a friend. <laughs> um, I loved verse 15 and 16, and it's kind of what you were talking about in a moment ago, but uh, a day before Saul came, the Lord had informed Samuel of this, saying about this time tomorrow, I'll send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him. He gave him a heads up. Now, Saul was not given that heads up, right? He was just doing, he was following Um, what the servant was saying, and then he was willing to go to the prophet to get the information he needed. Samuel had been informed about him. Saul hadn't been necessarily informed about what was going to happen. But here's what I do like. Saul was serving, actually. He was trying to find these donkeys. He was actually getting after it. He wasn't being lazy. He was working, and he was going the extra mile. I wanted to make this point, too. Can I just steal this point? Saul was serving somebody else, and he was trying to find these donkeys, okay? And it does feel a little like a Dr. Seuss book, actually. He's going from town to town. Are you my donkeys? Are my donkeys here? From stuff and stuff. Right? He's going through, like, where are my donkeys at? And let's keep going. Man, my dad's going to think I'm hurt if I don't come back home. You know what? Let's go 
let's go talk to the prophet. Like, let's keep going. Let's take one more step to find these donkeys and serve. And in the middle of Saul being focused on serving someone else's needs, God saw him and said, I'm picking him. And it's kind of like to go all the way back to the beginning, Romans 8, 28, because he was looking for lost donkeys and he got anointed to be king. That is crazy. When you really think about what he was out there doing, he was looking for donkeys. (laughs) Burroughs and all the other names for donkeys. <laughs> and he got anointed to be king of Israel. Like that is crazy. You never know when God is setting you up for a divine encounter. Yeah. So I think the point is to open your, to serve and then open your eyes to what God could be placing. Come. Yes, like opportunities, preparation plus opportunity equals success and all those things. And uh, <laughs> yeah, First Samuel chapter nine is a fun one. That's and right. uh, we've, Loved having you, loved being with you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Have a great day. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. Mark your calendars for Overlook Ministries' first concert fundraiser on June 25th. The event starts at 6 p.m. with food trucks, tours of their residential treatment house, and a concert that starts at 7, led by East Coast Christian Center's worship pastor, Chris Johnson. Come be a part of saving men's lives and restoring families. Mothers want their sons back, wives are missing their husbands, and children want their daddies home. Find more information and location of the event through Facebook by searching Overlook Ministries or you can go to www.overlookministries.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29 seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. 
Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.